Here we go, here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. Whoop, whoop, it's the police. Don't look in your rearview mirror. This podcast covers the latest police news, along with hitting the hot topics you've been talking about all week. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Police Pod Talk. Folks, again, we are speaking with people who have something they want to get off their chest and say about the events that have been unfolding across the nation and how they feel and how it's impacted their lives. Again, we've got a caller on the phone. We're doing all this by phone. We've got a Jocelyn out of Michigan, and she is, uh, you can say hey, Jocelyn, to the listeners. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. I want to make sure that I'm not talking to myself that you are a real person out there. Okay. And, oh, yeah. Uh, good. We're going to talk with Jocelyn. She's got some things she wants to say and uh, kind of from her perspective on what she's been seeing here unfold. And uh, maybe, you know, we can all learn something. Jocelyn, again, thank you very much for joining us here on Police Pod Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, Jocelyn, just, just run down. We know you're from Michigan. And uh, are you a Michigan uh, football fan? Oh, yeah. I live right down the street. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, just give us kind of a rundown. I mean, you you're, went to high school. What high school you went to, sports you may have been involved in, lead right up to okay. your college. Go right ahead. All right. So um, I went to two high schools, actually. I went to a Catholic, a small Catholic high school for a year, and I played volleyball there. Mm-hmm. And then we moved um, uh, about a city over uh, to Celine, and I started going to the public high school, Celine High School, and um, I rode there. And then I continued rowing for a year when I went to Dayton. They have a team there. And um, I've been at Dayton ever since. But I stopped growing due to some back injuries. Okay. So you're, are you still at Dayton at this time? Yes. Yep. Okay. You, you like I'll the, be a senior next year. You'll be a senior. Okay. And uh, you like the school, right? Yeah, I do like it. Okay. Well, good. Uh, you have brothers and sisters? Yep. I've got a younger brother, younger sister. And an old dog. And an old dog. <laughs> All righty. Now, as life has been going, have you been working on your off time during sc- from school? Yeah. So um, at first, uh, we were working remotely uh, at the. I work at the gym on campus, and I'm a supervisor, so we were doing some remote work. But mm-hmm. uh, then we got furloughed, so I got a job at Home Depot. And I'm also doing a little bit of work um, for the marketing department at the company my dad works at. Okay, okay, good. So you're pretty busy then, pretty busy schedule. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, good. That keeps you out of trouble, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> All righty. Okay. <laughs> the reason we're talking to you today, I mean, you're, you're a young adult, uh, you're a college student, you're working. We're just trying to figure out with all these things that are going on unfolding, I mean, with the uh, incident there in uh, Minneapolis, uh, we want to know mm-hmm. how has this done anything to your life? Has it affected you? Have you had discussions with your friends and your families? Uh, what does it feel? What are you taking from all of this? Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I think my my age group has a pretty interesting perspective because we've grown up um, with social media our whole lives, mm-hmm. and 
constantly were being blasted with any kind of current event. We're just like always like very up to date, always know what's going on. Um, and right now is no different from that. And you're just, we're just like being bombarded with information because new things are coming out every 10, 15 minutes. And so you get sucked into this kind of vacuum of like information, which obviously like you need to know your sources and stuff like that. But, um, so I think being so connected to everyone during this has definitely had its pros and cons. I mean, it's, it's good to stay updated and to support people from wherever you are in the country. But at the same time, it can be extremely draining and just like a lot to take in um, on the daily, having to scroll through this because we are used to like that norm of scrolling through social media every day. But now it's just um, a lot more intense. Uh-huh. And so I think that kind of brings an interesting perspective because, like, 24-7, you're just seeing debates back and forth. You're seeing some people talking about one side of the issue, some people talking about another side, and you can see, you can literally see people in real life debating about it. And so your perspective is always kind of moving and shaking and uh, different things like that, but I think that it's brought up a lot of good conversations, which um, me being someone who is like, I am half white, half black. And, um, I grew up in, I went to high school in basically all white area. And, um, I've kind of made myself a little bit of a resource for my white friends who want to support and do whatever they can. Um, but have questions that maybe they aren't as comfortable just like asking out in the open or online. So I've kind of been, like, I don't want to say, like, a link because you don't really need suspicion to have to be a link between white and black people, but, like, I definitely have felt myself more in that role even just in the last couple of days. Things are just moving so fast, you know? Right, right. So have you sat down with your family and discussed the events that have unfolded? Yeah, I have. Um, it's, it's good because uh, my parents aren't really on social media seeing it, so we can just talk more about what they're learning from their sources and like kind of like cross-reference information because you can't always trust everything out there. But it's also good for me and my siblings to talk about it because it is something that has affected us, is affecting us, and will affect us for the rest of our lives. And I think that uh, being able to talk about it at a younger age, especially my sister, she's only 16, I think that has um, kind of opened, allowed us all to like learn more and open each other's eyes to different issues and maybe like different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So sitting around talking about it with your family Mm -hmm. has given you more of a grown up or I want to say more of a grown up uh, view on what's happening. Is that about? Yeah, for sure. Because right. my dad, obviously, my dad, he, I mean, he was born in 67, like, he literally felt witness so, so much, I don't want to say worse, but just something different, like, less progressive times when he was a kid, and so he brings so much perspective to the table, because he has 
lived more decades than the rest of us have. And my mom, who is white, but she has obviously always been an ally and has taught me more about black history than every year of school combined. Um, they both bring really interesting perspectives and generate a lot of a lot more productive conversation than more of the conversation where everyone's just sitting around saying they're upset and right. like, what can we do? Right. Okay. Um, you mentioned that you went to a public school. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. During that time, was there any issues uh, between you blacks and you uh, whites? Was there any problems? Um. No. I. It's. It's always. It was always kind of like kind of. I'd say what is a running joke that Celine. We would always say like, oh, Celine only has like five people of color, and there's three of them sitting right here, or something like that. And right. I mean, it's. If you ask anyone just walking out of the high school about what diversity looks like there, it's it's definitely a lot different. And I don't know if you've, like, seen all the news on, like, my high school, Celine, and, like, the racism scandal that they just went through earlier this year. Um, it's just, especially at this point, the school doesn't have a great reputation for people of color. And, um, but I personally never experienced like any outright hatred or, um, being treated any differently. Right. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you about, did you actually see the footage of the police officer there in Minneapolis with his knee on the uh, gentleman's neck, Mr. Floyd? Yeah, I did. Okay. What was your first gut reaction to that um i mean my gut hurt like it was so it was just like so sickening to watch like seeing those things is never easy and this one was really hard to not watch um i i was shocked but at the same time i was like we see we see this every month basically like these super viral videos of someone just being straight up killed right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And so if it makes sense, it was shocking and it wasn't shocking at the same time. And yeah. it just, it just invoked a lot of anger. Right. Okay. So when you and your friends are talking about it, since you're seeing this almost on a daily basis, becoming what I believe to become numb to this. Mm-hmm. So the conversation is not so much caring for this gentleman as it is, oh, well, we've seen this before. Um, I wouldn't really say that it's a conversation. I think that's just more like an unspoken thing, like we have seen this before. Like we've seen videos of school shootings. Like we've, there's just so, so much that we've seen, like photograph or video wise. It's just like it goes unsaid. But um, with my friends, with uh, with my white friends, it's definitely like learning, like how how is this affecting people individually? How long has this stuff been going on? Like, what is the real root of these problems? And with my black friends, it's it's more like more like we're sick of this. Like, what? Like, how can this be brought to an end? And it almost airs more on the side of like, uh, 
I don't want to say anarchy, but, like, there's more on the side of, like, we need to, like, an uproot versus more of the information side that I'm sharing with my white friends. Right. Understandable. Now, were there protests in Michigan that you know about? Yes. Um, there's a couple in my town in Ann Arbor, but um, the police uh, supported it. It didn't get violent or anything. Um, there's one in Flint that went viral um, with a cop that took off his helmet and said, we're going to walk with you. And then there's some in Detroit that um, I heard about. I didn't see any footage of those. Hmm. So you did not attend any of the rallies? No. Okay. No, I haven't yet. What is your opinion on um, protest rallies for something like this? Um, kind of a, it's kind of mixed for me. Um, I think that they make sense, and I think that it's literally gotten to the point where, like, what else can uh, people of color do to be heard? And it's, we're literally seeing them still get attacked, even at the rallies. But I also think they're, they're a bit premeditated by people in authority, um, just from what I've seen about how, how the endings always end up being, how they will call for a curfew. And then um, in Chicago, they raised the bridges, and then they called for a curfew and said, everyone get out. And they said, where do we go? Because the bridges are up. And then they're like, the curfew hit, and it was like game over, basically. So I think I think there's pros and cons, but neither I don't want to say side, but like neither side really knows what the other one is thinking. Okay, alrighty. Okay, well that answers that. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> you're not getting so emotionally wrapped up in it. I can sense that from you, right? Yeah, I try. I try not to. I mean, like. I really have to take breaks from social media. I have to force myself to say, Hey, like, can't I, let's take a break on talking about this for a little bit because like, I will get emotional. It's just, it's compartmentalizing. I, for this case, I tried to focus more on like the, what can we do? Where can we go from here? Versus getting stuck in the anger because, People have done that in the past. It doesn't work. Like we have to, we have to literally push our feelings down and figure out how to change. Right. So, and are you and your friends discussing how to do that? Are you talking about change or ways to do it? Yeah, for sure. We all like to share information that we find with like um, petitions and donation sites, and we really closely watch with the Black Lives Matter movement is doing because they usually have the most um, legitimate resources and um, actually one of my good friends she is going around our like walking paths around our city and putting up posters with QR codes for petitions and donation sites and just like just more information and just to like grab people's attention while they're like walking, running etc. stuff like that mm-hmm have you really anything is real? Yeah. Have you guys discussed the whole thing that I've been hearing them talking about? Everyone get out and vote. Have you registered to vote? 
yes. Yeah. Voting is huge. I think as much as it's important to vote for the president of the United States, you have to be voting for the people in your town because that's where things start, you know? Mm-hmm. So voting has always been a big part of okay. me and my friends' lives. I'm trying to pass that on to my family a little bit more. Good, good. That's a, that's a, that's a good start. So you're looking forward to trying to do things that will impact uh, the upcoming election and the future of your leaders, right? Yeah, as much as we can yeah. with this election. Good. That's good. Well, I'm going to ask this question because it's come up on several shows prior to you. Do you have a problem with the way the police have handled uh, the protesters? Um, I do. I Just because I've seen footage, um, but everything can be taken out of context, but I've literally seen people standing in the street with their like signs, holding their signs up, hands completely up, and the police will just start wailing on them, like they'll kick them in the face, they'll, they'll kick them after they've gone down, and I've literally seen white people run in front of black people and literally put their bodies between them and the police, and the police stop. The police stop because, I, well, I mean, there's a thousand reasons why they could stop, but it was just shell shocking when, when we're literally seeing white people having to guard black people with their own bodies. I think at that point, you know, things would become too brutal. And I understand that both sides are in dangerous positions, but I'm thinking to what extent I've seen cops pull people's masks off their face and then pepper spray them. And I just don't know what that's, what is that helping? If people have had their hands up, like why kick them or why hit them with your baton, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to ask you this question. Do you see a lack of respect for police amongst uh, the citizens? Amongst you? Regular people, citizens. Oh, yeah. Um... I do, to an extent. I feel like there hasn't been, like, a very strong line of communication that's very up and them, both sides. I think, um, I, I think that strong communication would be the only way to, like, really build up more respect for the police from the citizens, especially the more and more, um, like, footage that's going out, the more stories that people are sharing Every every time you see something like that, it's just, oh, if you are wearing a police uniform, that's what you associate them with. Mm-hmm. What do you think the news media's role is in this? Um, to an extent, I see the like the news and journalists kind of in the same boat with the protesters. I mean, they're they're getting shot at with the little pellets. They're getting arrested just the same as everyone else. But I think it's their job to show what is really happening. Like the whole story, start to finish. Like I understand that people just post the clips for the viewing, but I think the media needs to do more than just show the footage. They need to get actual 
actual, because people listen to educated people, you know, if you have a title in front of your name to listen to, they need to get police and educated professionals, people in authority talking and commenting on this, as well as show people kind of communicating together. I feel like everyone watches, everyone watches the news, everyone sees media that news outlets put mm-hmm. up, and I think that's the that's the easiest and best place to start showing how things could change, like give examples of ways to, ways to do things, like use it for pure information. Right, right, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. So you and your brothers, not talking about mom and dad, you, your brother, and your sister, when you sit around, have you guys talked about this without your parents around? Um, I've talked about it with my sister a bit. I really haven't, I don't see my brother that often. We kind of don't cross paths a lot. But okay. I've talked about my sister, I talked with my sister about it, um, because we've kind of been talking about it since the whole, like, coronavirus thing, when she started doing research on why more black people were getting sick than white people, and it just kind of became this, like, longer conversation, um, and she teaches me so much, and I tell her things I know, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't really say that conversation is too much different, it has it's a little bit more... Uh, emotional, I think. Right. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this question as we start to wrap this up. What would you tell a young person who is seeing the same things you are seeing? They're having issues with the way the police are handling it. They're having issues the way the protesters have been handling it. They have an issue right away the way the incident took place in Minneapolis. What would you, in a nutshell, tell a young person who's struggling with all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say take your energy and put it towards doing something good and productive. Call your, call your legislators, call your local, uh, like government offices, do things like that. It's, and it's, it's okay if they don't want to go to the protest. It's, you have to do what's best for you and your mental health through all this too and um talk with others about it like don't let it all bottle up because i it can have terrible effects on you right yeah that's that's good advice that that's good advice for anyone (laughs) i'm telling you You okay we've talked a lot about this give us give the uh, listeners i know they're probably thinking to themselves okay this is just someone who goes to school uh, she works all the time and goes to school, goes to sleep. Do you have hobbies? What are the hobbies that keep you mentally sane? <laughs> yeah. Um, any chance I can get to, I, I just really like trying new things. I like, if I see a video of something, I'm like, oh, I go try it. I like, I just like being outside. We have like a lot of great trails up here in Michigan. Um, now that everything's nice, there's like a lot of, you can go kayaking, stuff like that. Um, just doing stimulating things with mm-hmm. my friends. Gotcha. So that that takes your mind off of a lot of things that could bother you, right? Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes people feel so bad, like, oh, I can't go and have fun for two hours at the park because all of this is going on. Like, yeah, you can. It's okay. 
healthy to take a little time off. There you like, go. Don't say you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Well, I tell you what, Jocelyn, we from Michigan. We really appreciate your your take on this, what you're seeing, and how calmly you have worked through this with your friends and the way that you've looked for other avenues to make a change and making it okay. If you don't go to the uh, protest, that's fine. And giving people options and educating them on the things that they're seeing. That, that to me, sounds like you've got a pretty good head on your shoulders. I think you can thank your parents for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll send the word along. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. That's always good stuff. Again, thank you for uh, agreeing to come on the air and uh, giving your view. It's different than anyone else's. No two people have said the same thing, and and you're definitely have saying some things that others probably need to hear. And we appreciate it, Dawson. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you. Yeah, being thanks here. for the opportunity. Hey, no problem, folks. Thanks you again for listening to Police Pod Talk. We'll catch you again next week. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Junior or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.